Hey Bliss Seekers, and welcome to your online home away from home. A place where we marry ancient wisdom and modern science, so we dispel the woo-woo of spirituality to help you find authentic health, balance, and bliss. I'm your host, Ari, a specialist registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, embodiment coach, and modern mystic. I've trained with the world's leading experts in psychology, mindfulness, and behavior change. And I am a recovered perfectionist, overachiever, and self-development junkie on a mission to help you stop being your own worst critic, to finally step into your authenticity, and return to wholeness through mind, body, and spirit integration. This is a place where imperfection is celebrated. On this podcast, I'll be having heart-centered conversations and dive deep into topics related to health and spirituality, intuitive eating, embodiment, finding your soul's purpose, past lives, sound healing, psychology, self-development, and all things to support your soul's evolution. I'm speaking to you if you're tired of being your own worst critic or feeling like something is missing in your life and shrinking your body to feel accepted, loved, or enough. For the one who is ready to live unapologetically and reclaim your birthright to living an expansive, confident, and fulfilling life. Because you are way more than a physical body and it's time we start honoring you as a multi-dimensional being. So grab a cup of cacao, coffee, matcha, or whatever you fancy, and inhale deeply through your nose and out your mouth, and get ready to live in alignment. You're listening to Align with Ari. Hello, lovely bliss seekers, and welcome to Align with Ari, the podcast where we celebrate imperfection and we marry ancient wisdom with modern science. I'm your host, I'm Ari, and today I'd love for us to explore what it means to live in alignment. Now, this is a word I use so often, hence why my coaching practice is called In Alignment Coaching and why this podcast is called Align with Ari. (laughs) So let's define what alignment means. And of course, I'll walk you through perhaps what my definition is. This changes for every single person and perhaps how you might reach alignment might look different. You know, it's not meant to be one size fits all and everyone's journey is so unique. Hence why when I will be speaking to the experts on this podcast, I ask them how they live in alignment and how they know they are in alignment. So, you know, just so that we're kind of on the same wavelength, I wanted to walk us through what alignment means to me and and kind of what you I'm coming from when I speak of that. And based, this is also based on, of course, my lived experience, as well as what I see in with my clients, my coaching clients who I've worked with now over 400 you know, people that I've now working with and some. <laughs> so alignment to me, how I define it is living in coherence with your core values. Alignment is where you are embodied And so your nervous system is regulated, right? So you are 
living, you are at home in your body, you feel safe in your body, you are guided by your body, attuned to your intuition. It is in connection to others and the world around you and where your behaviors and actions are in service to others and in reverence to your highest self and or what we can call your inner mentor. So alignment is to be in the present moment and having practices that return us to the present moment, which allow you to thrive. So this makes me think of the window of tolerance or what I like to call the window of resilience, which in neuroscience really stems from what we call polyvagal theory. And this is a theory coined by Stephen Porges, and he is a a researcher who really looked at the, the, the role of the nervous system, right, in allowing us to put our best step forward, shall we say. So we know that if where our nervous system is over regulated, not over regulated, it's over activated rather, we might feel overwhelmed, anxious right? This is what we can call dysregulated. It's like, oh my God, you know, for me, when I feel, when I get into that zone, I have my heart palpitating. I might kind of be rushing. My mind is like filled with thoughts of like fear and anxiety, you know? So it might kind of really be, feel like overstimulated. And on the contrast, we then have what, when we are kind of under right? We have the, the below the line of window of tolerance, which is when we then we might feel kind of numb, a numbing withdrawal from social situations, right? Uh, feelings of depression might come here. And so when we're outside of that window of resilience, this is also really linked to any trauma response, right? Things that we have perhaps learned based on what we've experienced. And so it comes down to how do we learn to regulate our nervous system? Most notably, there is this this nerve called the vagus nerve, hence the word polyvagal theory, which helps us really start activating the parasympathetic nervous system. So you might know of that fight or flight response, right? And that is a classic representation of when our sympathetic nervous system is activated. And on the contrary to that, we have the rest and digest, which really refers to that parasympathetic nervous system. And we want that one to be active more often than not, right? And so this is why I mentioned being embodied, right? Being in the body. So being feeling safe in the body and feeling like your nervous system is regulated. And those are all related to the window of resilience or of tolerance, which is where you're more likely to feel present at ease. You can then be mindful, more resourceful. This is where you can connect with others at a deeper level, right? Where you find meaning and purpose, where you can socially engage in meaningful conversation So alignment is also knowing how to return to this window of resilience so that you can thrive, right? Having those tools in your toolbox, which is what this podcast is all about, is giving you the tools and elaborating your toolbox so you can in fact live in alignment. This is an 
ongoing practice. My gosh, I step outside of that window of resilience sometimes too on a daily basis. And it's a constant practice of, okay, can I return to my breath? May I meditate? May I wiggle it out and shake it off, right? So may I speak to some of my closest friends and just kind of let it out and just be honest and real. So that's that's something that I wanted to just frame this, this podcast and this conversation with, which is that it really does come down to our nervous system. Your mind is connected to your body and spirit. And so part of living in alignment is also recalibrating, right? And learning how to trust your body, trust your intuition. So you're not at war with them. Often the mind and the body might, you know, with conditioning and past lived experiences, they might almost feel like it's a tug of war, a push-pull situation. It's like, oh my God, my mind is telling me this. And you're like, but I feel this in my heart and my body and my intuition, my gut, whatever language you use. And I want to do this, but my mind is coming up with all the reasons why not to, right? So it's how can we start trusting the body and the heart, which is the seat of the soul. And it's actually a really fun fact. The heart is the most electromagnetic part of the body it is actually 60 times more electromagnetic than any other part of the body, which is super interesting. And it's actually the first part to develop in the fetus, right? In in the womb. So it's really beautiful. That is the seat of the soul, they say. So a big part of the healing journey and recalibrating, realigning is learning to make peace and build trust with your inner compass, with that gut feeling, which is really tightly connected to your subconscious. If you think about the mind, that is really what we're referring to is the conscious mind. It's that monkey brain, right? It's the one that, you know, it's not really fact what goes on in there. It can be total rubbish, garbage, wherever you are, right? And the subconscious is actually where truth lives. And in order to access that, there are various practices we can do, but the subconscious is connected to oneness, connected to you know, this greater source, whatever you want to call it. And so there is a lot more wisdom in the subconscious. So the question is, how connected are you to it? And can you keep coming back to it? From infancy, we are conditioned and have cultivated a map of the world, as we call it, or a lens that, you know, we need to acknowledge it served us and allowed us to survive based on the environment we were raised in and any lived experiences we've faced. Now, fast forward, the question is, are they still serving you? So a lot of living in alignment and or realigning comes with letting go, the art of letting go. You know, recalibrating, reassessing. I don't know about you, but for me, most of my transformation and growth has always stemmed from loss, from grieving, from you know, even just being shaken up when decisions are made for you. And it's like, whoa, okay, yeah, all right. This isn't how I saw it coming. But it's almost like crisis offers redirection. And it offers us an opportunity to adopt a new perspective, new belief systems. And Beliefs, the beautiful thing about them is that they can change. We are so adaptable. We are way more resilient than we might give ourselves credit. 
So living in alignment also means to me, and from what I see in practice, also means recalibrating, reassessing, being open to change. And change is super scary. I'm with you. It's like, it's uncomfortable. But as the saying goes, growth comes from stepping outside that comfort zone. And change is so important. Life is cyclical. Life is meant to change. We are ever evolving, right? This is, that is the key word is evolution. Now, another, another point here that I'd like to share and what it means to live in alignment is being guided by joy and pleasure. So you hear me saying that a lot. It's like, okay, follow your bliss. That is my life mantra. It has been since my undergraduate degree when a professor told me, and it just stuck with me. I literally have it on my phone <laughs> background. You know, it's, it's there. It's, it's my guiding mantra. Follow your bliss. Be guided by joy. That is the highest frequency that we can experience. And now, of course, there's different types of pleasure. So it's not like, well, you know, forms of addiction leads to instant pleasure and all of these things. You know, when I eat a box of chocolates or whatever it is and feel out of control around it, that gives me pleasure for a little moment. So are you telling me to follow that? No. So this brings up this, this, there's two different types of pleasure and one of them is really hard to pronounce. (laughs) So bear with me. It's called eudenomic pleasure, which really refers to being conducive to happiness and versus hedonic pleasure. So these are the two words that we see in the literature and the research. And what I'm typically referring to is eudenomic pleasure. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Now, hedonism, right? Hedonic pleasure states that well-being comes from experiencing as much joy as possible and avoiding pain and discomfort. Right? So this dates back to like 4th century BC by a Greek philosopher. This is like, just follow your joy, no matter the consequence, avoid pain and discomfort. Now, this is not what I encourage, right? Sometimes, you know, we have those moments, but we need to have that balance. And so we wouldn't want to avoid pain or discomfort because then that leads us to probably where where you might be right now, right? It's like, we need to face the music. We need to really own our pain and discomfort and move through it versus avoiding it because it's just going to keep coming back up again. Now, on the contrary, eudonomic pleasure and or that eudonomic view states that the essence of well-being is more than striving for as many pleasurable experiences as possible. Instead, it encompasses more than happiness. Actually, you may know this Greek philosopher named Aristotle, who made a clear distinction between positive feelings that come out of activities we do just because they give us pleasure, and activities that are an expression of the best version of ourselves. So eudonomic well-being comes from doing things in life that ask us to be the best version that we can be. So it means to live in alignment with one's quote-unquote true self, or what I like to call your authentic self. So notice the difference there, right? It's thinking more broadly. So instead of having a microscopic view of this is going to give me instant pleasure, it's thinking what gives me joy and lights me up and is sustainable, What is true to my true self? Is it coming from a conditioned 
right? That hedonic pleasure. Well, I've been using chocolate as a way to self-soothe for so long and that gives me pleasure, right? So this is good versus hold on a minute. What am I actually seeking from that chocolate? Right? What am I actually seeking? What is the deeper thing there? Hmm. Chocolate reminds me of, you know, every year my mom used to get me chocolate for my birthday. And so for me, it represents love. And so maybe chocolate represents love. So is it actually the chocolate or is it the seeking of that felt sense of love and safety? Right? So understanding more truthfully and authentically what it is that you're seeking. And so eudonomic well-being and pleasure allows us to have a more sustainable view of pleasure. And so you'll, you'll hear me use language like, what lights you up? Right? One of my favorite sayings. <laughs> Does it come from your heart? Is it really authentic to you? There are many different psychological ideas and concepts that stemmed from this idea. So you might know Abraham Maslow and his concept of what we call self-actualization. So your best possible self, your highest potential. Carl Jung's term of individuation, right? So your individuality, your authentic self, right? So there's so many different words that we can use to describe this, but really this is what I mean when I refer to joy and pleasure and following that. All right. Now I wanted to share as well this model that really helps frame a lot of the topics that really come under living in alignment. And at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, right? Like we're human. We want to live our happiest, our best life possible. And truth be told, we want to be authentic, but sometimes we're just so afraid. We might live in fear. We don't want to be judged. It's really scary to put ourselves out there, right? Our mind might come up with all the reasons why not to because, oh my God, if I am fully weird, cringe, and totally myself, I will be ostracized. You know, I will not fit in. But here's the thing. You're not meant to fit in. You're meant to be your own self, your authentic self. The world doesn't need another another version of, of, I don't know, Brittany over there, okay? The world needs you. And so there's this model that we can use that comes from positive psychology that is a theory that, and, and what we've seen in research as well, that can help us understand how we can live a life in alignment where we can actually find well-being and happiness, which I know is what you want at the end of the day, don't we all? So I just wanted to refer to the father of positive psychology. His name is Dr. Martin Seligman. He really came up with this model in many years of research. So I'll just share a little brief, you know, breakdown of this, this model. I don't want that to scare you. It's kind of just a concept. And it's called the PERMA plus model. PERMA is P stands for positive emotion. E stands for engagement, R stands for relationships, M stands for meaning and purpose, and A stands for accomplishments and achievements. 
So what we know, what the research shows us is that when we're proactively working on the components of PERMA, not only does this increase aspects of well-being, but it also decreases psychological distress, right? It allows us to perhaps find yourself more in that window of resilience. You remember that? Where you can then flourish. And the whole aim of this podcast is to give you tools that are holistic, that see you as a multidimensional being to flourish, to be authentic, and to feel confident and good about it. So let's talk about P. P refers to the positive emotion. So what we know is that increasing positive emotions helps you build physical, intellectual, psychological, and social resources, right? Strategies, coping strategies that lead to resilience. So things you might do here are spend time with people you love that bring you joy, listening to your favorite tunes or, you know, I, you know, dance salsa, (laughs) whatever it is, dance like nobody's watching. Maybe it might mean reflecting on things you are grateful for on a regular basis or engaging in hobbies you enjoy. I have a friend who literally just got into pottery and let me tell you, it's like every time she's showing me photos of her incredible creations and wow, you know, it just lights her up. It's this new thing and you can learn new skills at any point in time. Now the E is for engagement and that means living in flow, being engaged in your life, not just kind of going with the kind of mundane, like this is audit, this is what life is, just taking it for granted. All right, waking up, doing the same thing, right? It's how can you engage with life and participate and engage in activities that bring you joy? Again, there's going to be a bit of overlap here. Maybe it means engaging with people, Maybe it means engaging in your environment, spending time in nature. It means living in the present moment. And maybe it means learning about your strengths and doing the things that you excel at. Your gifts, what you're meant to share in the world. Now the R is relationships. One of my personal faves, because I love community. So this really encompasses all interactions, whether it's with your partner, friends, family members, colleagues, mentors, supervisors, and your community at large. It really refers to feeling supported, loved, and valued. At the end of the day, it's based on this idea and what we know is that humans are inherently social creatures. We are meant and we thrive in a tribe. So find your tribe. And if you haven't already, that's also okay. This is actually something that I find in my coaching practice is probably one of the hardest things, especially as adults. It's like, where in the world do you go, right? If it's not a new job, if it's not high school friends, it's really hard, especially when you move to a new city which my hand is raised, I love to do. <laughs> and I'm not running away from anything. I just love adventure and exploring new, new cultures, new places. But I have to say, if it wasn't for my jobs and or my studies, that's usually where I kind of meet most of my people, right? 
But I actually, before I left London, had the most beautiful yoga community. And I ended up going on retreats with these people and staying connected and honestly just going to various yoga classes, finding my favorite yoga teachers and going to coffee with them right after. Like you build your own community. So what activities, hobbies do you enjoy doing? And might you be able to find a place that really kind of resonates? And when I say resonate, that is like a, there is like a feeling, a felt sense of that, you know? Resonance really means, refers to, it's funny because it's language we use, but it really refers to that electromagnetic field because we are electromagnetic beings, which we'll talk about in so many episodes, which I'm really excited for you to hear. But if you find someone or a community, a place, and be curious, go try, go test it out, whatever's in your around you. Pilates studios, yoga studios, maybe it's like painting classes, whatever it might be. Go check it out and see, have a little chat with people, see, see what might come out of it. You'd be surprised. And there's also apps like Meetup and things that you can also kind of check out. Now, the M refers to, mm, I love this one, meaning and purpose. Research shows that having a purpose in life helps us focus on what is really important in the face of significant challenge or adversity. It's like a North Star for us. Now, having meaning and purpose in life is different for every single person. And I want to just emphasize this. It is also ever-evolving. As you evolve, it might evolve. So it's not like this one thing and you must stick to it and like, wow, you've made that decision, therefore you can't change your mind. No, 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 no. (laughs) I've changed my mind like a million times. It's totally okay. It's encouraged. (laughs) I invite you to be curious and evolve. Meaning can be pursued through professions, maybe a social or political cause. Maybe it's through a creative project or endeavor. Maybe it might be through religious or spiritual beliefs. It could be extracurricular or volunteer activities, or maybe even through community. So it doesn't have to be your day job. So a sense of meaning is guided by your personal values. Remember earlier I referred to living in alignment being also living in alignment with your core values. So that's also where you derive meaning. And what we actually find in the research, fun fact, is that people who report having purpose in life live longer and have greater life satisfaction and fewer health problems. So bonus, this is great. Live in flow, live engaged, present, authentically, and aligned with your greater purpose. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay. You know what we actually find in the research is that when you follow that joy and that pleasure that I was referring to, that is in direction and aligned with meaning and purpose in your life. So follow joy, follow your bliss. Hence why I refer to you as bliss seekers. We are all bliss seekers. Continue following it. And the final letter of the PERMA model is A, which refers to accomplishments and achievements. So this really, what we what, what refers to and what the research shows is that when we experience a sense of accomplishment, working towards our goals, maybe mastering a creative endeavor, 
or finishing what we set out to do, this contributes to well-being. It might allow us to look in our lives with a sense of pride. It's okay to feel pride. It's good. Be proud of yourselves. It's important to celebrate your wins along the way. Too often I feel, and I know I'm, a, I'm definitely, I do this too. <laughs> you know, it could be so easy to just move on to the next thing. It's like, okay, I've accomplished this. Great. Tick. Moving on. Keep going. Keep getting better. And it's like, we place so much pressure on ourselves to keep striving. And especially if we have this perfectionist tendency, this might be come, you know, come up for us. And so it's important to look back and reflect on, wow, look, look at what I have done. That's pretty freaking cool. Celebrate the small things along the way. Because accomplishments and achievements and acknowledging them is so, so important. And finally, the plus of the PERMA plus model refers to other lifestyle factors that are key for mental wellness. Things like your sleep, nutrition, movement, which you know, as a leading specialist dietitian, this is something I talk about a lot. You know, sleep is so underrated, so key. Nutrition as well, having a healthy relationship with food and your body and with movement. So really, in summary, living an aligned life is also one that is, leans into curiosity, accepting change and evolution as a natural phenomenon. For some, that might mean placing boundaries, friend breakups, and letting go of what is no longer serving you. As I said, the most growth for me and realignment has always come from letting go versus inviting new into my life. It's been a catalyst for transformation. It's like, whew, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. Lots of tears, <laughs> laughter, venting, whatever it is. Emotions and feelings are important to feel. We're just taught to bottle it up or push it away and suck it up, right? But when you let yourself feel and you come out the other side, whew, Wow, you gain so much clarity, more alignment. So this is an invitation as we come to the end of this episode where we really just break down different ways to really know whether we're living in alignment or not, right? Or ways that we can perhaps intend to live in an alignment. Intention is so, so powerful. And we'll talk about biofields and all of that in later episodes. But what I invite you to connect with is your higher self or your what I call is your inner mentor. Maybe you can write a letter. And I leave you with this question. If you brought your inner mentor to mind, what would he or she or they do? What would they say? How might they carry themselves? How might they dress? Who might they spend more or less time with? And what does their daily routine look like? 
and then ask yourself, are you living in alignment with that? What might you be able to do to recalibrate, realign? Now, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm so excited for you to join me in conversation. And I cannot wait for you to tune into future episodes where we will be learning from experts in psychology, behavior change, all the woo-woo sciences and consciousness and sound healing, in biofield research, in Oh my gosh, so many different things. It is really exciting. And you're going to get to familiar with practices that can support an aligned life. So until then, bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to Align with Ari. Now, if you like this episode, subscribe, rate, review if you feel called, and please share with a soul sister you think would love to hear it. And if you're looking for more support, head to arianarodriguez.com where you'll find some free resources, a quiz, my embodiment toolkit, and coaching services for a more personalized approach. You can also find me at Align with Ari on YouTube or align.with.ari on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening and catch you soon.